Well, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. My apologies for getting this to you late here on Tuesday, but half of that was by design. I definitely wanted the cuts to happen so I could react to those. And then I got a little behind on some other stuff too. So I'm recording this like 7.30ish PM Tuesday. Had to do the drive with Dale from four to six. So let's just dig in. I want to dig in, not necessarily to the cuts, but who's left for to this podcast, starting with the offense. I don't think we've spent any time with the quarterbacks, right? I mean, that's a very solid trio. You know, the young up and comer, potential star, you know, good backups that you're familiar with. I think it's a really good room. Cool. Sort of the same for running back. Like, I don't think Najee's a star, but the, no shocks there in terms of roster moves. It worries me a little, and, and I didn't see a fourth name worth keeping, but it worries me a little if, when Harris or Warren get cut, get hurt, that all of a sudden the room's really thin, you know, like, but you can find backs that are serviceable, but we'll see. I didn't think McFarland was ever in danger of not making the team. This is more of a conversation for next week. I do wonder if he is considered a no-brainer active game day guy or not. I'm not certain about that. But by watching practice, they sure seem to have strong intentions in using him in the offense. It would shock me if he is um, inactive. But I would have to come up with my list of who would be inactive otherwise. So the wide receiver room, again, one small surprise to me, but it was Deontay, it's Pickens, it's Robinson, it's Austin, of course. I really think Boykin, who also made the team, is developing into a star on special teams, not like an adequate dude. I mean, a really, really good special teams player. And I know I'm hard on Gunner. but how many times last year did I say Gunner and Gentry, who we'll get to, are, are the type of guys that defensive coordinators want out on the field. And yeah, he has some special team acumen, and I guess he's Austin's backup for punt return duties. How valuable is that? To me, he's the 53rd guy. Like, like if there was one, well, the 52nd, we'll get to that in a second. That if there's one dude you could live without on offense or defense in this whole remaining 53 it would be Gunner for me. I mean, I respect his hard-nosed approach and all those things, and I think the coaches like him. I just don't think he helps the team all that much week to week. So I was a little shocked Gentry got cut. But again, they kind of are telling you that maybe they think the same thing, that if he's out there, he's fine, he's, he's okay, but defensive coordinators like for him to be out there. Now, we'll get to it at the end here, but – There is going to be one more roster move, if not more. Could Gentry be the guy that they just said, hang tight, we'll bring you right back? Maybe. But it's also a ring endorsement for me that Darnell Washington is ahead of him. Not only like big picture, not that Washington had any chance to get cut, but I think immediately. Hayward and Fryermuth, of course, are back and are both really encouraging players. So the skill guys and quarterbacks are in good shape. But so is the O-line. I mean, unbelievable that they could get a pick for Kendrick Green. Uh, I mean, congratulations on that. It's a next year, not this upcoming draft, next year Texans sixth. But you're picking up picks for kind of spare parts that probably wouldn't make the team, an interior offensive lineman. That is tremendous. 
So the starting five made it. Of course, Broderick Jones made it. Herbig made it. Knew Spencer Anderson was going to make it. That would have been a big shock if he didn't. And he has position versatility. He has some upside. Already looks like a solid player. And then Dylan Cook. I was thrilled about this one. So I probably still need to do a little more Dylan Cook homework. But I think there's upside there. I don't want to say he could potentially turn into a starting tackle, which is gold. But I think they look at him and think, He's not far from being at least a swing tackle, which is a lot of value. And I'm sure all you guys are familiar with Max Starks, who hung with him a lot at the Combine and certainly at camp. And Max is awesome. He's a great dude. And knows a thing or two about O-line play. Knows a thing or two about offensive tackle play. And I don't think this is breaking any trade secrets, but Max would go watch the O-line tape after practice every day with the team, with the guys. And midway through camp, I would say, he just kept whispering to us, this guy's got a chance to be good. Keep an eye on Dylan Cook. This guy's got a chance to be good. Loved it. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, watching him, I think he moves well. I think there's upside there. And he played so many snaps in the preseason, like we've talked about so many times. Teams were probably begging for you to cut Dylan Cook. I mean, there's such a shortage of tackles. I'm sure they were looking around like, boy, I hope the Steelers cut this guy. I'm scooping him up. Like, I don't think he gets through waivers. So that's my thoughts on the offense. Come back here in a moment. Chat Steeler D. All right, couple small surprises here, I guess. The big guys, of course, there's Hayward and Ogunjobi. Adams won the job at Nose, had a pretty good camp. He's more active than Fahoko, but I do think he's just holding that job down for Benton, who also could challenge Ogunjobi, in my opinion, for nickel and dime snaps. Uh, Armand Watts made the team, Isaiah Loudermilk made the team, and of course, Leal made the team. I'm a Liao fan, but I'd like to see a little bit more flashes, a little bit, and he'll get every opportunity. Loudermilk and Watts are kind of those Chris Warmly types. You know, maybe Loudermilk has a little more upside than that. Uh, I've cooled on him slightly. I mean, he would have made my final roster, but I don't know that there's as much upside there as you'd love. I mean, he has some traits, but it's okay. I mean, he'll, he'll play here and there. It wouldn't shock me if you know one of those guys is going to be inactive on game day. Is it going to be Loudermilk or is it going to be Watts? I'm not sure on that. Maybe even both at times. The edge guys are loaded, and this was an easy one. Of course, it's Watt. Of course, it's Highsmith. Of course, it's Golden. Of course, it's Herbig. So Herbig's going to be a core special teamer. I'm sure he'll rotate in with the defense here and there. Golden is so much better than the three, the number three guys they've been having there of late. That's a stacked room. And Roche, I thought, had a slight chance. But these are more practice squad type dudes. And we'll react to practice squad guys and guys that aren't here tomorrow or the next day, depending on how that all works out. Um, they only kept four inside linebackers. I think in the end, that's the right move. Kiewikowski probably isn't a good enough special teamer. But you got Holcomb. You got Roberts. You got Alexander. I never thought Mark Robinson was in danger. But I don't think he's going to have 
really any role with the defense while those three are doing what they're supposed to do and see how he does on special teams. I think he's a little up and down there, but he keeps getting better. He keeps taking steps forward. So the secondary, uh, I mean, not a lot of surprises. There was a lot of surprises with cuts in general. I didn't know if Elijah Riley would make it, but he's safety capable. He's slot. Him and Sullivan both made the team good. I got no problem with that. I was told they really like Riley on teams. Again, that totally adds up. I don't know the P- the other four corners are Wallace, Peterson, Porter, Pierre, of course. I think Pierre is safe because he is a good special teamer. But I have a hunch if their corner becomes available, waivers, trade, maybe they would push Pierre. But they are going to have another roster spot here in a minute. I'll get to that too. The safeties, of course, are Minka and KZ. Neil's going to have a pretty defined role, but I don't think he plays a ton. And Killebrew's right there with Boykin probably is your best special teamer. So, again, not a ton of shocks on defense. Um, Riley, I gave about a 50% chance to make the team. I figured Robinson would. I kind of thought Fajoko would be on his way out. But what I – it doesn't puzzle me, but what I think is interesting now is – they have four specialists on the team. They have Boswell. They have they have Koontz, of course, a long snapper. And they have two punters. They got Braden Mann and Presley Harvin. And I kind of thought over the last few days, you've seen a lot of kicker movement for late picks, that Mann isn't a throwaway type punter. I kind of thought, can they turn him into a seventh round pick before cuts? And I think there's two options here is – Maybe by the time you listen to this, he isn't even a stealer anymore. Who's to say that maybe there is somebody that they think or knew was going to get cut that they're going to claim and cut man, you know, and I would think that's likely a corner if that player does exist, who knows. But I also think that maybe they just kind of ran out of time on a trade for man, which makes me think there's more than one team that would be interested. So maybe you just hang on to him. Until you can move them, which might happen any second now. Because keeping two punters, there's nothing wrong with Harvin from what I know. He doesn't like he's going to sit week one. And he's clearly the one. I mean, might you entertain a trade for Harvin and keep man? Maybe, but he's cheap. He's young. And I think he's better with more upside. I would need substantially more to trade Harvin than I would man. You know, at least another round. I mean, I'm not giving up Harvin for a sixth or seventh. Um, but I do, there's definitely a shoe to drop with Braden Mann, who's a top 30 punter. He's an NFL punter. So uh, the fact they just didn't give him away really shows that they think they're going to get something for him. And again, of all the dudes that got cut, if there is a trade in place where man comes for a draft pick, or I guess he could get traded straight up for a player, who's to say? But if he goes for a draft pick and a spot opens on this roster, I would think it goes to Gentry if it's somebody that was a stealer. You know what I mean? Like it could certainly go to somebody outside the organization, as we mentioned. But of all the dudes they let go, I would think Gentry's probably the most likely first callback for the 53, you know, if man's spot opens up, but we'll see. I think we'll have a lot to react to here in the coming days with the bottom of the roster, some shuffling still probably on the horizon. 
And I've been doing lots and lots and lots of Niner work in the last 48 hours. So we're going to start talking game day here soon, too. So take care. Over and out. See you.